0: Welcome to a special Thursday night round, one draft edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on the Giants mobile app, all your favorite podcast platforms, and of course on Giants.com slash podcast. We appreciate you being with us for this special episode. John Schmelk, Jeff Fegels, Paul Dottino. First round is in the book, gentlemen. And the Giants select Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle out of Georgia. fourth overall detino you called it you got to give the props he was your prediction on the show thursday afternoon congratulations sir uh
1: thank you john you know the highest floor of all the offensive tackles and i think you know one of the things that that you have to talk about when you talk about uh andrew thomas is the fact that again pro style offense technique is terrific so many reasons why he becomes an immediate plug-and-play player. And we'll hear more from Judge and Gettleman in just a bit, and, and they'll go into some of the details. But it just seemed to me that everything Gettleman said last week when he was addressing the media, th- the breadcrumbs just seemed to be there. And and I think he was more interested in Thomas much more than the other guys, which is why even though he said he did field some calls, there was really no heat to move down, and I don't think he really had an inclination to move down, to be honest. I think Thomas was his guy all along.
0: I think you would have taken calls there, and the reason why I think, Paul, and I I sent this out on on our group chat. By the way, has someone checked on Lance Meadow yet, by the way? (laughs) We had about a four-hour group chat going on. Feig's guilted Detino into participating, but Lance never showed up. Like, do you know how many times his phone must have buzzed for him not to pick up that phone? We were texting him so much. Anyway, so well, he's Figgs, too busy watching that stupid Jordan documentary <laughs> series. <laughs> you might be right. So anyway, I totally lost my train of thought. So Fiegs, you know, to me, I think he was probably taking calls and thinking about moving down. Because, you know, you know, Dave Gettleman, when he has conviction about a pick, that thing's in like two minutes into the pick, mm-hmm. and he waited until there were about two minutes left on the clock, maybe even a little less than that. I think one thirty. Yeah, for him to get that pick in.
2: Yeah, and I just think you got to listen, right? I oh, mean, it's the I right think thing that, to do for sure. Yeah, and and, and certainly, um, and you'll hear in the interview that he that he talks about that a little bit. But the fact is is that I you know not to belabor the point with Andrew Thomas, I think that you know any of the tackles would have done fine there. I think this was a need a need and, a, and value all packed into one. I think that this is a start of the rebuild uh, to get those guys going. And, you know, we've talked about it so many times about allowing uh, that offensive line to perform and re- and really create some running hold for Saquon and protect Daniel Jones. That's what this is all about. Yeah, no question about it. I'll just add a few things to what uh, Paul said about
0: Thomas because I think the, he hit him all in the head. A couple other things. Um, he was the only guy that had started – Multiple, uh, multiple games in different seasons at both right tackle and left tackle. Mm-hmm. As a freshman, he started right tackle. He was a starting left tackle the last two seasons in the SEC. He went against some of the best pass rushers. Um, I did not watch the game, but you hear from Dave Gettleman in, in just a few minutes, and he mentioned the job he did against Josh Allen back in 2018. I will go back and watch that now. I
1: already checked on that game, John. Okay, he gave up one tackle and two assists. And two fumble recoveries, and involved in that game, they had 29 passing attempts. Uh, the fumble recoveries, I looked to see if they were involved somehow, some way, and I couldn't tell from the play-by-play if that was because Thomas had been involved in the cause of the fumbles. But I do know that Allen did not have any forced fumbles, according to the box score.
0: Yeah, I look. I look forward to watching the tape of that. I did watch his full game against Caleb on Chase on this year against LSU, and he really shut him down in that game. Uh, Chase on did get one strip sack, but I thought he did a good job of pushing him around the quarterback and Fromm just didn't kind of step up in the pocket there. But I'm with Paul and we've said this all along, right? He was the safest guy. He's someone that you felt good about. He was just so solid 36 inch arms. His athletic testing wasn't otherworldly like Werfs and Wills and Becton, but it was still upper echelon and at a very good level. Mm-hmm. And his arms are long. And he was just so steady with everything that he could do. He can pass block. He can run block. Now, some people think he might have some issues with maybe some of the faster speed rushers on the edge. And I could see that. You know, he's not the most agile guy in the world uh, compared to maybe some of the other guys we've talked about. But, look, he's somebody that you feel good about putting in there. You know exactly what you're going to get you feel like you can play him soon and not worry about it given the level of competition he's played against at Georgia. And I just think he checks all those boxes. And we've said, look, you can make an argument for any of these tackles, and that's the argument for Thomas. Pro Football Focus had him had him rated as their top offensive tackle. He had the best pass block uh, success rate according to their metrics. So you go down the line, and there's just a lot to like about it. And as Dave Gettleman said, look, he came here. And one of his big goals was to fix the offensive line. And this is one of his steps to fix mm-hmm. it once and for all. And it's a nice step to take because he can plug right in a right tackle this year. Who knows? Maybe he beats out Nate Solder for the left tackle job. They, uh, Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman both said that he will compete at both spots. Worst comes to worst when Nate Solder moves on. he Then he moves over to the left side. Put all those things into the blender, and you get a a player that's going to be very, very useful, of good value, and of need to the Giants.
1: John, a very critical point that Gettleman mentioned, and I don't know if it's going to be in the cut that you're playing, so that's why I want to mention this. He was very, very hard in his comments about the arm length. Over 36-inch arms, as you mentioned a moment ago, he had the longest arms of any of the tackles coming out. And that's significant because when the people talk about Wirfs and Wills as possible guards, they're talking about the fact that they're shorter and stubbier. The guy, they, they have shorter arms. They, they,
0: I believe both those guys were
1: 34 inches. arms somewhere that's in correct. that area. Correct. Two, two inches less. That is a big deal when you're out on the edge. And those yeah. guys are more stout. They're more fire hydrant types, which is why you know we back in Indy even heard that more of Wirf's, but we also heard it of Wills that those guys could wind up being guards. That's not the case at all with this guy, mm-hmm. and so for me that was a huge reason why I was shying away from Wills and Worfs. And uh, I'm just I'm just glad that
2: they got they got Thomas. You know, real quickly when you talk about. Length of arms. You remember this guy comes to mind, Justin Pugh. Remember, everybody talked about how short yeah, his arms were? He was were? what,
0: 33 and a half, I think, Paul? Yeah, something and so like What yeah. happened to yeah. him? They ended yeah. up, up him to being a, a better guard. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Yep. So, yep.
0: No, you're right. um So, look, I, I thought it made sense. And, you know, we'll get to pick 36 in a second, but first, let's take a listen. Shortly after the pick, we had both Dave Gettleman, the Giants general manager, and their head coach, Joe Judge, on a conference call, and they talked about the Giants selecting Andrew Thomas. Let's listen in.
3: We spent a lot of time on this, and uh, we're, we're still, you know, we want to fix this offensive line once and for all. Um, Andrew certainly has a hell of a pedigree, you know, a three-year starter in the, in the Southeast Conference. He's... He's played against some real quality, real quality defensive ends, and you know during his college career, uh, he's played big time ball in front of a lot of people. And we spent a lot of time with him off the field as well. Numerous uh, conversations we spoke to him in Indianapolis, and uh, we just feel he's ready to make this jump. He's young, like all these guys are, but he's, he, you know, we feel very strongly that he's ready and capable, and and he's going to come in and compete. You know, nothing's being handed to him. Uh, I, I'm gonna when I finally get when I get the chance to talk to him later. When the same the same thing to him that I said to Saquon and I said to Daniel, you have to come in and compete. Nothing's getting handed to you. Uh, he's he's big. He's long. He's strong. He can bend. He can anchor run and pass. Uh, he's very athletic in the open field. Uh, we're just uh, we're just we're just really excited to have him and. Um, And and we continue to build this team properly. Joe? Yeah, I think Dave really hit it on the head. You know, it's it's a very talented draft class, especially
4: in the offensive line. And and, and this is definitely one that we think is going to give us a chance to come in and improve us overall. And he's a skill set that's going to give him a chance to come in and compete early on. And uh, we're anxious to get to work with him, get our hands on him, get going. He has the right demeanor, the right makeup. And as I've talked to you on the front end about a lot of guys through the whole process of this, not being able to be on campuses not having the luxury of pro days or 30 visits coming to our facility. You had to rely a lot on your contacts. And this is someone that a lot of people I'm very close with have worked directly with. So there was a lot of good you know, good knowledge and info that we could sign off on and know what we're bringing in to add to our team. This is definitely a guy right now we're excited about getting in and having a chance to work with and getting a chance to get on the field and compete with the rest of our guys. Okay, we'll take some questions. Joey from the New York Daily News. I'm just curious if there was a defining characteristic or two that elevated Andrew over some of the other tackles. Is there anything you can put your finger on, whether it's intelligence or uh, versatility or just capability of playing at a high level because he played in such a great conference? Well, I'll tell you what, if this has nothing to do with the other guys that were in this draft. This is all about, you know, Andrew right now. I'll tell you what is his skill set, you know, favors, you know, his opportunity to come in and really contribute. And I'd say the thing is, you know, he's long. He's a, he's a good athlete. He has good short-headed redirect. But one thing that sticks out about him is as you watch the top pass rushers, with the exception of maybe a, a couple in this draft, they've got to go against him. You watch his college tape. He's going against all the guys that you're going to see get drafted in those next couple of days. He does a heck of a job on him. You see him compete. He plays big in big games, and that's important. You know, he was coached very hard at the University of Georgia, and that's a trait right there we look for, guys who can play hard and play in big stages and compete. Dave, a lot of people, it's not Lombardo, by the way, from NJ.com, a lot of people viewed Thomas as the premier pass protector in the class. How much did that factor into your decision, and um, how do you? how much do you think that benefits Daniel, having Andrew
3: on one of those sides? Well, you know, Matt, how you doing? Number one, uh, number two. Um, Thanks. No, uh, I you know, you know, uh, you know the, the, one of the things that, that you know that he, ha- the length that he has, uh, really, you know, really is is uh, a, a defining feature of him physically. Um, it's you know, you 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 turn around and you you see the shot. You know, the guys don't have as much length. Shot around, shot of people. And and the and the and the defensive ends with long arms get him, okay. He's got you know so it's it, and a big part of it is, you know again I I you know I'm a wise guy sometimes with you, you know with you folks and I say you know I've done studies, you know it's it's tough to throw the complete passes when the guy's on his back, so it's it's I think that's a big that was a big part of it, Matt. You know you know it's it's I've always made I've always kind of. Um, Got the chuck a lot of you know. People say you draft a quarterback, you got to get him weapons. No, you don't draft a quarterback and then get weapons. Once you draft the quarterback, you get guys in front of them that'll keep him upright. So this is uh, you know this was a, this was an important piece for us in, in in Daniel's development and for Saquon as well. You know don't forget, you know don't forget the, the running part of it and and he is a hell of a run blocker. Hey David, it's Paul Schwartz. Dave. Uh, hey David, hey Dave, it's Paul Schwartz.
4: Um, uh, do you um. Um, How much discussion was there about possibly trading down? You mentioned beforehand that was something you would consider. And um, if Andrew was the top guy on your board, were you reluctant to maybe not get a chance to get him? Um, You know, how
3: hot and heavy were these talks today? We had conversations, but it was everybody was touchy-feely. Maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, There were no firm offers anywhere, um, and... Uh, you know, so it, there was there was nothing that made me say, you know, you know, look at John Mara and Joe and say, you know what, let's trade back and let's 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 get some more picks. There was really wasn't much there, you know. And, and you can see we haven't had a trade yet in the first round. How often does that happen? You know, you, I don't, know, I don't even know who's on the clock yet. We had number eight's on the clock. Arizona may trade back because they they they've only got five or six picks, but I don't know. So anyhow, so. There wasn't a lot
0: of action, Paul. So you heard the effusive praise there. The arm length was mentioned by Dave Gettleman. Uh, (laughs) Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman both talked about uh, the competition he faced in the SEC, which was a big deal. And the other thing they talked about, guys, and this is something we had mentioned over the course of our programs, Joe Judge has a lot of good contacts in college. And everyone made the Saban connection because it's obvious, because it was talked a lot about when he was hired. What people forget is that Kirby Smart, the head coach of Georgia, was one of Nick Saban's assistants for a long time at Alabama. Well, mm-hmm. he had an overlap when Joe Judge was an assistant coach there. I think so it was three years, Joe. It, it was three years, 2008 to 2010. And it might have been to 2011, actually. I have to double-check that. But, yeah, it was either three or four years for sure. And those two guys knew each other. So not only did Joe Judge just get good reports, he got honest feedback. From Alabama, from Georgia. I'm sure he had connections to Kirk Ferentz through Bill Belichick in New England. Through so uh, 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 Bielema. Yeah, yeah right. Bielema
1: was an assistant for Ferentz at Iowa before he went
0: to uh, Wisconsin. That, that That's also a very good connection, Paul. Good call on that. So you know he got good intelligence on these tackles, and I'm sure that played a big-time role here. And I still remember looking at Andrew Thomas at the combine, Paul, and I went back to my notes from those media availabilities. I saved them. So I can, did I. And if I could pull that up, on Andrew Thomas, here, he, he, here's what I wrote down. He said he was very coachable. He had based his game off of Tyron Smith. And I, Trent Williams. And Trent Williams. The notes I made, looks like a well-built offensive tackle. Very serious guy. Talked about how starting every game as a true freshman was a big deal for him. Preferred left tackle to right tackle. Wanted to be the best tackle and the first tackle taken. Mm-hmm. and he had, was going to have a formal um, interview with the Giants. So yes. those are the notes they had on him from the combine.
1: Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, he, he he stressed his power at the point of attack. I remember talking about his feet and uh, his pass sets. Uh, I wrote down I, I thought he was mentally very astute, Yep, and uh, he certainly also very much talked about his technique which we know, again, the most polished of the group. So, yeah, all my notes, uh, similar situation, John, where I, I just felt so good about this pick. And, and when, when Roger Goodell uh, finally popped it out, I was like, okay, this just mm-hmm. made so much sense. It's about time that 2 plus 2 actually, actually equals 4, you know what I mean? Jeff, sure.
0: what, what, what was your reaction to the uh, Judge Gettleman conference call and what they had to say about Thomas? Well,
2: I, I think they're all excited. I think that they did their research on this man. I think it's, it's the guy they wanted all along. Um, they were just, you know, excited that he was going to be there. Um, and I think that this is one of those things where this falls right in with the way that the New York Giants work. Uh, it's safe. It's, it's going to work for them. They're not going to worry about this guy, and he's going to be there for a long time. I think that's what I took out of it.
0: All right. Now let's take a <laughs> listen to the man himself, Andrew Thomas. We had a chance to talk to the New York media. This is a portion of that interview um, over video chat a little bit earlier today. Let's take a listen.
5: Uh, I just want to know, what, what was this, uh, how big a surprise was it for you to go forward to go to the Giants, and what was your, you know, interaction with them throughout? Oh, uh, yeah, so I had a couple um, Zoom calls with them, uh, like, during this process, and I had a, a formal meeting with them during um, the combine, but I was excited to get the call. Um, it came, like, three minutes before the pick, and, you know, just to thank God for the blessing. Did you did you think beforehand that this was a, a possible landing point for you and what was your reaction to when you when you realized oh my god I am I am gonna end up in New York I'm going to New York yeah I really didn't know where I was gonna end up um um but when they they, they made the call I was obviously excited um ready to get to work and get down in New York all right yeah hey Andrew uh I mean how exciting is it to be joining a team with so many uh, young talented players especially on offense like Saquon like Daniel Jones Terry Slayton are you looking forward to being able to grow with a group like that uh, definitely, Those guys are very talented. Um, I'll be looking up to those guys, you know, to teach me the ropes, um, working hard, you know, to help the, the program. Hey, Andrew, how you doing? This is uh, Pat Leonard from the New York Daily News. We talked the other day, actually. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, man. Appreciate it. Um, just curious about um,
0: the J- Washington draft's Chase Young at two mm-hmm. overall. Just curious about... Take you in large part to protect Daniel Jones and Saquon, but also to go up against guys like Chase. Mm -hmm. Joe Judge said that in large
5: part, Giants drafted your ability against top pass Mm -hmm. I just want to know your confidence level against guys like Chase Young and top pass around the league. Uh, The confidence comes with preparation, Um, understanding the playbook, learning from the vets. Um, Week in and week out, um, you're going against you know, guys that's been playing in the league for 10 years that are, you know, very good at what they do. So for me, it's a mental thing understanding understand that i have confidence in myself for my preparation. Matt, did you have another question?
3: I did, actually, if that's all right. Um, Yes. Andrew, Dave
5: talked about watching you go up against Josh Allen and some of the top pass rushers in Mm -hmm. the SEC. I'm curious who the toughest pass rusher you played against was and how that's going to prepare you for, like Pat said, going up against the Chase Youngs and the Marcus Lawrences and Brandon Mm -hmm. Grahams of the world? Yeah, playing in the SEC, I've won against um, a few, you know, pretty good pass rushers. Um, Like I said, week in, week out, you have to be prepared. Going against guys like, you know, Josh Allen, uh, Chase Song from this year was a pretty good rusher. Um, uh, It just prepares you a little bit for kind of what you're going to see in the NFL.
0: Andrew, welcome to the Giants.
5: Thank you. Appreciate Can you
0: um, talk about your, your versatility, uh, the opportunity to play left and right tackle and just, you know, how that's kind of, uh, I, I guess, prepared you for this level?
5: Yeah, um, at Georgia, um, started off at right tackle as a freshman, uh, made the transition my sophomore year and played a left tackle for the, the next two years. Um, and I think that definitely helps, you know, having experience playing both sides will be something you know, that would be an asset for me. So as you
0: can tell, I'm not a chatty fellow, but again, a very serious, intelligent, astute guy and answered questions there and just talked about coming to New York. And he, the one thing he did point out, I think, guys, was that he was excited about joining a young team with young players like Saquon Barkley, like Daniel Jones, like Darius Slayton, like Evan Ingram, like Sterling Shepard, and to kind of be part of that offensive group. I thought it was interesting, John. He
1: said he got the call from the Giants with five minutes on the clock which means that Gettleman didn't really wait all that long to try to field any phone calls because they only get ten minutes for the pick, and he said he got he got the call with five minutes left. Okay, yeah. fair enough. So, yeah. so you know, I think the only reason it was held up, and I think I, mess, I messaged it to you on Twitter. You know, TV runs this damn thing, and 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 they it's like a script. It's a Hollywood script. Yeah. You, you can't be you can't be having the the commissioner announce a pick while you're in the middle of a commercial. And by the so- way, and you're right. I should
0: point out, Dave Gettleman did say in this conference call that um, there wasn't that much action there with no. the trade, and given the fact that the Chargers couldn't move down either, and you know they were trying, they were public about trying, mm-hmm. and then, there just weren't very many takers Or I don't think to move up with those picks.
1: Well, how yeah. about the fact that the late rumors over the last 36 hours...
2: Bunch of BS.
1: Right? It yeah, was it about, all, it about was... Miami's <laughs> going to go up and make a deal with Detroit because they want to go get an offensive tackle, and Pacific specifically they want Thomas well,
0: because they know the Giants want him, and, and, and that just never materialized. And even more so that I heard they liked Herbert. I heard they like love. The whole thing the last two weeks is that they were off of Tua, and then Mm -hmm. they go and pick Tua. Mm -hmm. It it was really one of the – because, look, you hear this smoking stuff a lot, but few times do you get the reporters that everyone respects and know is really locked into this stuff. Everyone was on the Dolphins not taking Tua. Sure. Everybody. They did a really nice job confusing people.
2: Well, I think you heard uh, when we talked to Tony today, right? He told us that because of – you know, no, not being able to be at the facilities and getting information that a lot of this stuff is lost. So, so there isn't a lot of information coming out that really people really can believe in. So there's not, you know what I'm saying? Like people aren't talking about that too much because they're just not around it because nobody can. I think so this year, the the information was a little bit slim. And I think that, you know, people could get caught up in some of these smoke screens quickly, what they put up. And it was a good one. It was a really good one, by it, the way. It it really I think the
1: fact that it went chalk, the first three picks, I think we would all agree that just put the Giants in golden position. Once you knew that it was Burrow Young and Akuda off the board, Mm -hmm. now the Giants truly had their pick of 24-karat gold. They could go anywhere at that point. The trades, the tackles, the defensive superstars that were still left, they were in the best possible position that they could
0: be. Yeah, one of the points I want to make, too, about Thomas is that he was a multi-sport player in high school, something that... Carl Banks points out a lot that he thinks is very valuable for offensive mm-hmm. linemen. He was a basketball player and a baseball player, and he was also in the band, plays the drums and the piano. Yes, mm-hmm. so maybe he can provide some entertainment for the team as well.
2: But yeah, I tell uh, you what, what I what I really liked about the interview. Um, I'm not into guys that are just real chatty and guys that are just kind of just get up there and just talk because they got to talk. Uh, he sounds very mature. He sounds like a guy that's just very serious, like you said, John, and a guy that's going to learn the game quickly. And he's going to be a mauler. He's going to be out there. He's going to do his job. And we're not going to talk about this guy a lot. That and, and the next thing you know, seven years from now, we're going to be like, wow, this guy has just been such a great football player. We never talk about him. And he's just, that's the kind of guy I want. And Jeff, I think Lorenzo
1: Carter told me when I talked to him about Thomas before mm-hmm. they closed the Giants facility because of the virus uh, that's obviously hit the nation, and Carter said to me, he is all business. He is serious about his craft. He studies hard. He's smart and pays a lot of attention to detail. And I, I remember I said to, to Lorenzo, Perfect. I said, so Joe Judge is going to like this guy. He said, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's funny, Tom Rock actually tweeted out, that he had asked Carter about Thomas, too. And Carter said, yeah, when he first got there, he was a freshman, he was a big recruit. Us edge rushers tried to take it to him in practice, and we immediately realized this ain't going to be easy. <laughs> and, and this guy takes things very seriously. Yep. By the way, there was one other thing, by the way. I'm not sure if you saw it. Papa t- uh, texted it to a couple of them. I'm not sure if you guys were on the text. Um, Sal Palantonio put up something on Instagram where he basically had a report that when Joe Judge talked to Thomas on the phone, he said to Thomas... When you talk to the media, I don't want you to talk about Pro Bowls or Super Bowls. All I want you to say to them is I'm coming up there to work hard, earn my way on the field, and be as good of a player as I can be, and that's all I want you to say. So you can tell that Joe Judge is getting to these players here that, look, this is all business here, man. We're not, we're not talking about this other stuff. We just want to deal with what's in front of us and just go about our business in kind of the Patriot way. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. And it shows that Thomas obviously listened to him and showed him that respect <laughs> right out of the gate. And quite honestly, somebody might say, well, there's nothing to that. Well, I think there is something to that because not every player is going to do that. They just got drafted. They're excited. They're 21 years old or whatever the case may be. And they're not necessarily going to uh, you know, be crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's like their coach wants them to. And they'll slip or they'll be immature or they'll laugh. And they'll think it's not a big deal.
0: Andrew Thomas paid attention to direction. Very good. All right, and then you guys mentioned, you know, it was kind of very chalky, to be quite honest with you guys. Through the first, I would say, 13 picks. I mean, look, we all thought all four offensive linemen would be gone by pick 14, right? Mm -hmm. So that wasn't a surprise. The Raiders picked the first wide receiver. That wasn't a surprise. Um, The Browns and Jets both picked offensive tackles. Not a surprise. I guess the Cardinals picking Isaiah Simmons instead of a tackle was was somewhat surprising, but I don't think that was kind of off the board for us. So Mm-mm. the first really surprise pick, I mean, maybe Kinlaw at 14, but I thought that's where he was probably going to go. I guess A.J. Terrell at yeah. 16 was really the first one that, you know, we thought they would take Caleb on Chase on there, the Falcons, but they took Terrell. Otherwise, the first half of this draft, now things got interesting, and we'll get to that, but the first 15 picks I thought were pretty chalky.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nothing of surprise as far as a guy gonna be up there that high that we didn't figure he would be at that high. Um I think yeah, you start going from you know, Kinlon at fourteen, yeah. I think around right around fourteen, and then all of a sudden it starts we get some little pieces of stuff here. AJ Terrell to me was the first wow. I talked to Paul about that. I was like, Wow, okay, where where did this guy come from? Um but then certainly I think that and then Damon Arnett is another guy, John. That oh, I was yeah. of, you know, that was a kind of a, you know, a wow for me. And, and I, I remember wanting to know, usually like I think it was um, Charlie Casterly, I had asked him uh, when we had interviewed him on our Big Blue kickoff live show, like give me a wow, and he couldn't do it. you know Remember he said, no, I had I know too much. I can't give you a wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I got three wows, three or four wows in this round. So it was pretty cool. Well, remember, we talked about how the, the, there was no consensus
0: on that second group of cornerbacks,
2: mm-hmm. and boy,
0: that ended up playing out big time, huh?
2: Yeah, it certainly did, and and you know there were there weren't as many cornerbacks um, taken as I thought there would. Actually, you know what I think there are. What was there? Four or five. Um, but there the run on the cornerbacks towards the end of the first round. At Josh, or who was saying that today? Was it? Um, I can't remember who it was. It was it. Who was it? Was it today that we talked about that? Somebody told me there was going to be a run on the cornerbacks at the end of the round. Yeah, that, I, I think re- yeah. yeah, that that was today. I think okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, it was yesterday because we're past today. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, well, anyways. let's go back to the offensive line for a second yeah. because mm-hmm. the Giants went and took their guy at four, and it turned out six of the offensive tackles went in the first round. And not only that, but the number six guy was actually Isaiah Wilson, his Georgia teammate, Who I think a lot of folks thought, you know, he was gonna be a late second rounder, maybe early Mm -hmm. third. But he he run up yeah. The last few days, John, he started running up the board. And what do you know? He did sneak in there and actually got in ahead of Josh Jones and Ezra Cleveland. Yeah.
0: Well, and I guess that I guess that's a good cue now. We could start talking about very quickly who some of the guys are that are still left on the board. Uh, that the Giants can consider at 36. And I'm mm. sending this list in right now so, you know, our our folks can get ready here for the second round pick. And boy, look, we knew there'd be a lot of good players on the board. I don't think we expected no. both Uter Gross Matos and AJ Epinesa no way. to both be there to start off the second round. And Zach Bond, throw
1: him in there too. Three edge rushers available. Wow. And here here's the thing, guys. The way I'm looking at this now, I got Bond going to Cincinnati. With the first pick uh,
0: tomorrow? Dassey Paul, I don't think so. I think they're taking Jones. You do? Yeah, look, they don't have any offensive linemen. They just drafted their franchise quarterback. Oh, you know what? That's, that's yeah. See, they need a pass rusher, too, but you're right. Okay. They that could go for that, Jones. that means
2: we're two away from Gross All right? Matos.
1: And, and then I, Indianapolis, I think they Ooh, could go they, for a defensive back they, or an offensive tackle. They need a pass rusher, too, my friend. And Ugh. they could use a pass rusher. I wouldn't <laughs> dispute that. And then Detroit, I think Detroit is going to go for, for the defensive lineman. I think they want to take Gross Matos or Epinez. Yeah,
0: I, I will guarantee you Detroit will take one of those two guys. I think so. The question is whether or not one of the other two Teams will take one of them or not. Yeah, but
1: see, I don't see all three of those teams taking the three edge rushers. Yeah, but I, think I don't I think don't At consider, least one
0: of them should be there for the Giants. Yeah, I don't consider Bourne a straight edge rusher, though. I hear you. You know what I mean? It's not think, as much as the other two. Yeah, guys. Gross Matos and Epinesa, I think, are, are pretty strictly yep. defensive end types, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think Vaughn is much more of a kind of, like, what are you going to do with Bon on first and second down? Like, he's not setting the edge in the run game. You no. know what I'm saying? No. So he's, he's someone not, we'll you have keep, we'll to keep use him out a little out bit then. more. He's, no, a no, no, look, he's a blitzer. He's a blitzer. Now, he's still in the mix, and he's a really good player. I just would consider him a different position than Gross Matos and Epinesa.
1: Let me throw yeah. something else at you now, John. Sure. You could also go safety. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Winfield, McKinney, Delpit, all sitting there. Even Chin, if you want to go uh, you know, a little further down. But I know if the, if you like him, you could certainly make a case for him there. And then here, here's the other problem. What if you decide that you want to load up and take one of those tackles, offensive tackles that might still be there, mm-hmm. and load up and get greedy there? Or what if you go wide receiver, Pittman, Higgins, Mims? And that's
0: Paul. Holy smokes. And this is the beauty of it. Then if you we were counting, what, 12 guys you like? I'm That's counting 12 guys I like. Yeah. So then why are you sticking? I'm sticking there because— You find somebody that wants one of these guys. You move back 12 spots. You get his extra third-round pick, which he's been asking for for a month. Bing, bang, boom. You get Antoine Winfield 12 picks later, and you're a happy man.
1: You mm-hmm. know what? Uh, I got to wait till I'm on the board because if Gross Matos or Epinesa are there, I have to take one of those two
0: guys, and I'm not moving at all. I think that those are the two guys that I would be most likely to stick for. We all yeah, concur.
2: We all concur. What do yes, you think, Absolutely. Jeff? Yeah, I agree. I, it, we got Listen, if there are two of those edge rushers sitting there with our pick, we've got to take one of them, guys. you got to take one of them. You just yeah, need to. I think you uh, do. You're getting need, and you're getting – um, you're getting value, so much value there, um, and so much need. But if they're not there, then you can kind of then you kind of swirl your, your opinions about what you want to do. And I think that you know we've all talked about moving down, and because there's so many good players available here, somebody might you might get a taker, man. You might get a taker, and if you can get up in you know somewhere halfway in between that third round, then let's do it. But if those two edge rushers are there. Uh Grosmatos and Epinesa, I'll, I'm taking one of those guys. My
0: guess is that Epinesa, Grosmatos, and Josh Jones will be the three players off the board to start the round. Yeah. That's my guess. Again, I'm I could be wrong, but that is my guess.
2: Well, I like Josh Jones going to Cincinnati as Paul had mentioned. It well, makes I, sense. John to me. mentioned that one. I, um, I said
0: I thought
1: Vaughn at first, but I think John is right about about oh, yeah, him certainly. going, okay. going so, offensive tackle. I, but I, I, I agree do there. think I yeah. do think the Colts the Colts could definitely go DB.
0: That's, okay, uh, that's, a, that's good. a real possibility, no, and there are good corners left: Trayvon Diggs, Christian Fulton, Jalen Johnson. Absolutely. So there are there are guys there to pick, and I think that's the other that are wide receiver. The Colts could use a second wide receiver too.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, this, this is why I really think that Gross Mantos, and Epinesa, I don't think both of them are going to be gone. I think one of them will be there for the Giants, and I would have to
0: go up and grab them. Wow. Oh, boy. You know what, though? If someone gives me a really good offer, I would think about it. Like, Paul, what happens if somebody calls you, and they, they'll give you like a third-round pick to move down only like five or six spots? Like, so what if someone is desperate? And they're like, oh, I need that edge rusher. I'll let the Giants pick at 41, and then you get my pick at like 67 or you know, you 70 what, in the third round. I haven't gone
1: through all the combinations. The only one that I had gone through that made sense to me when I did it uh, the last couple of days was that one with Miami. Yep, And that's going down too far for me. And to be honest, when I look at those two guys, those two edge rushers who, can, who are sturdy enough with a big enough frame that they can actually put their hand down on the edge... Um, and hold up against the run in addition to getting after the quarterback. I say to myself, how many snaps could this player X at 36 give me this year? Because I know he is already, from the moment he steps on the field, better than somebody I have at that position on my roster today. Those two guys, Mm -hmm. they immediately answer that question, yes, they deserve to play. And that's why I could not move down if one of those two guys are there.
2: Fig's final thoughts: um, I am a little bit concerned for the fact that if those two guys are sitting there, I I wanted I like I said before, there's need and there's value in those two guys. I have to I have to stay put and take it. Um, and I'll and just, Jeff, I'll, you love Coach Chaos too. Don't yeah, forget I about do. him. And I, I tell you he's talked so much about Gro matos if he's there it's a win-win um I think he can get this kid to play like out of his mind if, because he's out of his mind too um <laughs> <laughs> he coaches out of his mind um it's very it's very intriguing though because we've talked so much about trying to get in the middle of that third round but I got to stick and stick with my guns here and say I'm gonna be I'm gonna stay there and get one of those edge rushers there. All right, we're gonna get final thoughts on Paul in a second, but I want to remind everybody first.
0: Um, you will hear from Jeff, Lance, and myself tomorrow for our normal afternoon show. We're going to record a little bit earlier tomorrow, so you have time to watch it before the draft around 10 a.m., so make sure you go check that out. We'll go more into what happened in the first round, but really give a hardcore preview of what the Giants can do in rounds two and three, and then, of course, we will have our reaction podcast tomorrow night. We'll post a quick one after each selection with some audio from Joe Judge, from Dave Gettleman, from The Player. We'll turn those around quickly. It'll be another long night. And then, of course, uh, we're going to have on Saturday and Sunday live shows at noon each day. We will take your calls as well both days. We have no time limit on Saturday. We have uh, no time limit on Sunday. So as long as the calls keep coming in, we will continue to take them. Uh, Jeff? I'm very impressed that you made it through this late tonight. Did you take a nap in the middle of the day like we talked about? I did not. Wow,
2: I'm impressed. I did not. I just studied, <laughs> I just studied my draft board.
0: Very good. All right, Paul, final thoughts since you're not on the show tomorrow afternoon before the Giants select in uh, round two and three. Okay,
1: it's a quick two-parter. Number one is that Mike Becton goes to the Jets at number 11 after the Giants take Andrew Thomas. So they were the first two tackles off the board at four and 11. No, no, and- Paul,
0: Paul, Wills went 10 to the Browns. I'm sorry. That's that okay. is true. That is
1: true. So first and third, my point being though, there's going to be a, a New York media rivalry built up between those two guys. <laughs> I, do, I do think that the guy who lasts through two contracts and obviously you know, does a better job uh, is going to you know, be able to kind of rib the other guy, although can you find ribs with these guys they so big? I mean <laughs> large ribs. You're, you're going to have to dig real <laughs> far to get ribs. Yes. Second thing is, the two teams in the division that went for receivers. Eagles taking Rager at uh, at 21, and the Cowboys taking Lamb at 17. And by the
0: way, Rager over Justin Jefferson, which was surprising to me. Yeah,
1: uh, but you know what? That's a lot of speed there. Oh, no, no. That's and- a lot of danger that the Giants' DBs are going to have to face this year. Boy,
0: how about that Cowboys offense with CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah they yeah. could throw it. Now, Rager, I, I, I'm not sure they're going to stop anybody, but they're going <laughs> to score a lot of points. Yeah.
2: Rager's a good punt returner, too, so I think he'll probably be the guy that's going to be back there for the Eagles this year.
0: I had this LSU fan. Because I I tweeted something like you just said, Paul, where I thought Rager was just a little bit more explosive. Mm-hmm. than Jefferson and a better vertical threat. This LSU guy was
2: not happy with mm-hmm.
0: me. <laughs> No, he went well, one pick later. So yeah, I know. Rush. I go, dude, I said he was a great player, just a, just a different type of player. Uh, well, but, Paul, some, yeah. Somehow, some way, I'd like to see the, the
1: Giants get a receiver, too, but I think it may have to wait to 99.
0: Okay, well, and I want to ask you about that because we're not going to hear from you again before 99, Paul. If they do get one of those two pass rushers, let's say, at 36, mm-hmm. who are some of the guys that you might want to target at 99? How about Gabriel Davis from uh, Central Florida? I like that. Brian Edwards, South Carolina, you like him? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be there. He might not be. How about Colin Johnson, Texas? Like be... him a
1: lot. Okay. Like him a lot, although he does have some trouble getting off of press coverage. He does, that's true. A- and, and that would concern me just a bit. Um,
0: uh, How about a slot corner or a safety in that spot? Would that interest you at all? A safety? Um. Uh... I might consider um, Burgess out of Utah
1: if, I, he should, oh, if
0: he's there he'd be perfect. I don't you think know? he's gonna make it though I, I, I,
1: I suspect Burgess. I suspect that's a little too low to get him but he would certainly be a guy I'd be looking at um, and then um, do you like Antonio Gandhi Golden the wide receiver out of Liberty? You know, I, I'm a little bit concerned about coming from the smaller school, but he's somebody I would consider okay. because he does fit the the you know the skyscraper that I'm looking for.
2: So right, let me give you one. Yeah, sure. Nick Harris. Oh, the center out of Washington. Ah, mm-hmm. he could be there at
0: 99. I think he probably will be. So
1: well, you see, I I, I think we've already discussed this. Jeff and I were lucky enough to talk to uh, the Wisconsin representative uh, during our draft previews, John. And uh, and and you know we felt, we felt, and and oh geez, I'm blacking out now. Jeff, who, who the, the gentleman we yeah. talked to? I don't remember his who, name. Don't yes, his name. you're
2: asking Fine. me to remember. Oh, some it was of his our name.
1: offensive <laughs> lineman. It <laughs> was our
2: offensive lineman
1: that we yeah, talked. We just to. talked
2: about him too about an hour ago.
1: <laughs> I know we did. And anyway, Bidas. Um, Bedaz, the the uh, the the offensive lineman, the center from Wisconsin, fourth round pick. And uh, Dave Angler, uh, uh,
0: uh, Eng- Derek Angler,
1: De- Derek Angler. Hey, see, you the- got there. I got there. It took me a little while. Well, I apologize.
0: It took, in fairness, it is one oh eight a.m., folks, so you have to give us all a little bit of a break.
1: You know, okay? I only got I only got two and a half hours of a nap. I didn't get to bed till like four thirty in the oh, morning this past morning, John. That's wrong. I was you. so jacked up about this. I <laughs> napped for two and a half hours, and I've been going straight through since. Derek Angler, the former Giant center and guard who is a Wisconsin alum he hosts a weekly show on the Wisconsin Badgers out there in Wisconsin we had him on the program mm-hmm. and he said he swears that that their center who by most people think is a fourth rounder maybe a third but usually a four swears he is a perfect fit for the giants technique smarts physical um, you know just absolutely loves his leadership skills hard worker uh, and I'm I'm all in on him. I'm taking Engler's word for it, and I want him at pick number
0: one ten. Good stuff, Jeff. We'll see you tomorrow Sounds afternoon, good, guys. Yep. and Paul. We will talk to you tomorrow night, reacting to the Giants' second and third round picks. All right, we'll we'll look forward to it. Thanks for being with us, guys. Get some sleep. We're right back at it tomorrow when rounds two and three of the draft takes place. Of course, stay tuned to Giants.com and Big Blue Kickoff Live for all your draft coverage. You can find us on Giants.com slash podcast, on the Giants mobile app, and on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star positive review. We will have our live shows on Saturday and Sunday at noon. Make sure you check them out for Jeff Figos and Paul Dottino. I'm Schmelk, and I'm tired. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye. Later. Be safe.